Welcome to the Transformation Cafe with your host, Robin Misevich. Transformation Cafe, a weekly half hour of light, topical conversation about health, wellness, happiness, personal growth, spirituality, and other insights. We're glad you're here. Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul. Now, let's get started and introduce our diners for tonight's show. Well, I want to welcome everybody to the Transformation Cafe. I'm your host, Robin Masevich, and we are in the Cafe Book Club. Woo-hoo, we're talking about the Book of Joy, and we are going through the different pillars. A real dynamic thing with the Dalai Lama and Archbishop Desmond Tutu is a part of the this book is very, uh, very interesting. It's got eight pillars. Four are with... Um, the mind, and then four with the heart. And uh, so far, we've gone through four pillars of the mind. We're going to be moving into the heart tonight, which is going to be about forgiveness is the first pillar. So just want to take a, a quick review with that. I'm going to go ahead and get my co-host, Miss Amy Frost. How are you this evening? I just, I just don't want to talk about anything. I don't want to deal with anything. I don't feel like I want to forgive anybody for anything about nothing. That's it. I'm out. Okay. 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 Well, you know, we'll we'll uh, walk through some pillars and see maybe if uh, you feel a little different about that by the end of the show. Hopefully, that might be uh, right. something that can help you. Okay. All right. I'm open. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I well, appreciate your your openness. That's awesome. So uh, we thought it would be really great to go ahead and go through the four mind ones first, the four mind pillars. So jump in here anytime you want to make a little comment, Miss Amy. So the first pillar was perspective, and it's our perspective. And I really love these, this um, whole idea. And actually, I really appreciated going back and looking at it again. It says, your perspective changes your experiences. And boy, is that so true. And when you take that as the nugget that it is, and we move forward with all these pillars, they all really um, add and complement to one another, that it's really a dynamic. And I did uh, a show yesterday. What's the what's the show, Amy? That you do? Amy does a show on on Mondays at four fifteen um, Pacific it's time. Whoops, what's what's the name of the show? Uh, EMG UNLV EMG with Andre with Andre. Yeah, and we were and she asked me to go ahead and uh, and do a fifteen minute for her last night. So we were yesterday. So we were talking about a little bit about this, and I really just kind of came from a different different perspective as as. The Dalai Lama encourages us to do and being really to come from that whole thing of your experiences change your 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 perspective changes your experiences. So um, one thing that that the Dalai Lama always talks about with perspective is it's very important to have multiple perspectives and to be curious. And we talked about that again with um, with just so many different books that we've done in the Cafe Book Club there over and over again. There's this inv- invitation to be curious and the soul loves to be curious. So it's really bringing yourself to that that whole new way of looking at something that you might not have of even encouraged yourself before because it's that beginner's mind that's always out there of like, what if I never have never been introduced this before, even though I might've looked at it a hundred times, I'm fresh new in this moment. And how is it for me? You know? So the way that we see the world is the way we experience the world. So I thought that was really great. And it made me think of like, if you have lemons, instead of just making lemonade, make strawberry lemonade. I mean, you know, why not kind of add that to the the mix? And I know strawberries. Yeah, that's that's such a popular thing now. You go to all these places, you can't just have lemonade. You got to have something that's way better than that. So, and with perspective, it's always um, it, it, just adding to all those different experiences that we have in the world. You know, whether it's problem solving or brainstorming, being able to think out of the box, and even just perceiving of you know what is a glass ceiling for myself. Being able to move into something that would be, you know, even more with that. So, was there any kind of insights you had with 
perspective since we've been introduced to that and, and going through the other pillars, Amy, that you'd like to add on? I do like that that you to take it nice and slow and steady going through these different pillars and I do it's been really fascinating going through them and making making sense of them you know together like you said per, you know perspective was an interesting place to start but it makes sense and then moving into humility which um mm-hmm. I think is a really important part of you know leadership which I don't think a lot of people think about and really what we're talking about is self mastery self leadership and then to go into humor, which I thought was really, you know, something that's a hallmark for both of them, and I think it is for both of us. And then mm-hmm. you know, sliding into acceptance, which I think uh, the other you know, three before that helped us to do that. And now um, coming into forgiveness, which I think is a challenge for a lot of people, and I think this is a really tough topic for most people. Yeah, I think it's a very tough topic. But I mean, it's it, to me, uh, looking at it from just the different things that are available here in the in the pillar, there's just so many things to really look at. I mean, uh, one of the wonderful things on, on page 230, they're talking about different situations where, you know, uh, through apartheid and all these different things that with the, the Dalai Lama and then um, uh, Desmond Tutu had to really look at, you know, part of it's just, you know, what's What's the point of somebody being in prison uh, through an act that they've done when it comes to being able to forgive them and actually move that forgiveness out into the world? Because, you know, there's been so much science behind looking at these some of these studies, and that's a part of this chapter as well, is looking at uh, forgiveness. When forgiveness is something that's an, uh, it, it really breaks the cycles of a lot of this uh, different kinds of abuse that happens when we can come from a forgiveness so it says it says in this chapter, you know, and here we're talking about uh, being able to forgive as opposed to uh, being non-forgiving. It says, what, what is it going to help if we are going to put someone in prison? It won't bring back the children. It won't bring back this, the, the, the event. It says, there's an incredible kind of nobility and strength. Yes, it's difficult, but it does happen. We talk about Nelson Mandela, but there are uh, mothers and so many others that don't have household names that live in ambubic... And oh boy, that's a hard word. Can you say it for me? Uh, <laughs> now that you said it that way, I can't. So let's think of another word. So what we got, where were you going for? That they weren't popular. How about that? They're, they're not known to the not known to the to the you know the public. Not anyway, common knowledge. There we go. See, there you go. Not common we're knowledge. Adapting. There you go. We're adapting, and I forgive yeah. you for getting the word wrong. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. It says in these groups of mothers. Yes, I forgive myself. I think that's the biggest gift, I think, for this whole conversation is like, can I forgive myself? So we're going to be going through an exercise a little bit later. So uh, we're going to be talking about that. So it says, in this group of others, the ones who were speaking of on the behalf of all these ones that have had been wronged, the one that was really amazing was the, the one woman that um, this man had killed her child. He went up and she called him my son and embraced him. During the during this, you know, the judgment of what should be happening to this man. So there's just so this bigger than life grace that can happen to people when they have these things happening. So I think, you know, part of it's just so dynamic. Um, there's another wonderful story about the Dalai Lama who has a friend from Northern Ireland named Richard Moore. And when Richard was young, I think he was about nine or ten years old. This British shoulder just came out of the, just came out of nowhere and shot him point blank with a rubber bullet um, in, in his right in the middle of his forehead. And when he woke up from from fainting from the concussion, he how he was blind. 
And um, all of his life, he learned how to be able to adapt. And, you know, he got married and had children. And one of the things he wanted to do was to track down this guy that had shot him so he basically could forgive him. And the Dalai Lama says that that's one of his truest heroes because, you know, part of his life had been to go back and find this man and forgive him. And I just think that's such a wonderful story that, you know, that he would be so driven to be able to. And they wanted up being friends. That's another thing that was amazing about the story. The man forgave him. He, and he was just so touched. He, he just wanted to be a part of this man's life. And he wanted up making a better quality of life for both of them. So I thought that was just a really cool story. Well, and, and there's a quote that I've heard uh, quoted different people in different situations about the lack of forgiveness is not forgiving another is like taking poisoning poison and expecting the other person to die. And that's right. what it comes down to. It's not about the other person at all. It's really about you and you being held prisoner, right, by that other person and whatever they did or didn't do or the situation mm-hmm. Whatever did or did not happen. I want to look at um, page 233, and uh, mm-hmm. of course the Dalai Lama lost a lot of friends, lost his country, lost a whole lot of things. And here at um, the uh, bottom of the page, he says, Forgiveness, the Dalai Lama continued, does not mean we forget. We should remember the negative thing. But because there is a possibility to develop hatred, we mustn't allow ourselves to be led in that direction. We choose forgiveness. And I think that's it. It's about a choice, and you and you, sometimes you have to keep making that choice and making that choice, even if you think you've forgiven. Sometimes if there's a forgiving in the head and a want to be forgiving, but then little pieces come bubbling up that you have to maybe re-forgive. And I, for me, the most important part is I've had a lot of things happen to me in my life, and for me it's about do I choose to keep my heart open or do I choose to let those things scar my heart so I am closed off from other people, and other opportunities to give and receive love. That's what it boils down to. To me, is do I keep my heart open or do I keep it closed? And again, the point Mm -hmm. I want people to really get, just because you forgive doesn't mean you put yourself in dangerous situations. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This is, you know, generally when we speak of cultivating compassion for someone, we're cultivating compassion for someone who is actually undergoing acute suffering and pain. But you can also develop compassion for someone who may not be experiencing acute pain or suffering right now, but who is creating the condition for their own future suffering. And I think that's something that's just like a very different way of looking at it. When you when you're it's 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 kind of like sensing it's like knowing before I know you just kind of look at that and just say "Mm," you can tell when somebody's going, you know, starting down a path that isn't going to serve them. You know, it's, it's it's that little thing that just turns into this big thing and being able to encourage somebody to, you know, like we're saying, I can make that choice of not reacting, but responding in a way that can be gracious in a way that can can hopefully be, be better for everybody in the long run. And I think that's really one of the biggest things that can be um, so important to when it comes to being able to forgive. Sometimes people misunderstand that thinking forgiveness means you accept or approve of the wrongdoing. No, this is not the case. We must take an important distinction. This is the actor and the act- action or the person of what is done where the wrongdoing action is concerned. It may be necessary to take appropriate counteractions to stop it. Toward the actor and the person, however, you can choose not to develop anger and hatred. This is the power of forgiveness, not losing sight of the humanity of the person while responding to the wrong within the clarity and with clarity and firmness. 
And like I said, that's really what we're talking about here. So there's a book called The Book of Forgiving that the Archbishop Desmond Tutu has written um, along with, with MPHO. And I think that's something that might be another book that we can go ahead and have out there for people to be aware that that's a, you know, something else that can add to something that people really want to look at this in a different, you know, explore a little bit more. Like you said, this is a really tough topic. So being able to see people's perspectives and, and looking at it in a different way, I think, can be very helpful. So the, there's a couple different places within this chapter that they refer to that and, and being able to look at it. It says, when I forgive, we take back control of our fate and our, our feelings. We become our own liberator. Like you're saying, you know, am I, am I the one who's poisoning or being poisoned? I think that's a really good way of being able to look at that and have it be something that could be just something that, it's just that wake-up call, I think. You know, it says, forgiveness is a sign of strength. It's saying that it's, you know, going to a place of being able to forgive. And, you know, a lot of people, that's saying from a level of weakness, when actually it's a, it's a sense of being able to liberate it. I, I don't know why, but I want to go back to that. Last week, I had an incident where I was in uh, downtown L.A. and um, needing to move my car. And I had a lady come up to my window and wanted me to get out because she wanted to beat me up. <laughs> And um, I basically really just kind of looked at her and I just said, you win. You know, I'm not getting out of my car and whatever you think you needed to do to me, you won. So there's there's no reason for us to have any kind of altercation. So I think, you know, part of that's the grace. And, you know, like like they're talking here, there's pain and and struggle within a person that we can't even know. And do I, you know, engage with that or am I in a place where I can hold that place and hopefully have it to where, you know, we can be okay with one another and, and just to be respectful and, you know, step back sometimes when you've got those situations happening. So go ahead, Aim. Well, I, and I want to give the, the other side of forgiveness from the Archbishop's perspective. We talked about the Dalai Lama and his opinion. And uh, Archbishop Tutu, at the bottom of page 234, it says, forgiveness is the only way to heal ourselves and to be free from the past. He says, without forgiveness, we remain tethered the person who harmed us. We are bound by the chains of bitterness tied together, trapped. Until we can forgive that that person who harmed us, that person will hold the keys to our happiness. That person is our jailer. We must forgive. We must take back our own fate and our own feelings. We must become our own liberator. And I think that is really huge. What I'd like to put you on the spot here a minute. You don't need to name specifics, but can you think of a time, and you know I've been playing with this, that you feel like you've really forgiven something and now something you feel like you haven't? And where are you at with both of those? Well, for me, it was such a big situation in my life that there were parts where I've forgiven with that. And I, you know, I, I want to go back to, you know, codependent no more with, with uh, the 12 step. And there's, it, it teaches you within the 12 steps that, you know, things come up when you're ready to have them come up. So you might think you were done with something and then for whatever reason, there's going to be a nuance of that that comes up because you've moved to a level of understanding certain aspects of it. So you can move into just a deeper meaning or more more of a wider perspective with different things. And so, you know, with one situation I've had in my life was, you know, really hurtful for me. Certain times of the year and certain circumstances come up. It is kind of like it kind of is a, an anniversary for saying, where am I now? With those different things. It's like a car accident or something that happens, you know, and you think, oh, gosh, that was five or six years ago I had that car accident. But you might go by that place or you might think of a certain thing that happened that day. It could be somebody's birthday or something like that when, when you know, it was close to that, you know, when that, that situation happened. So it's going to be that continual little, you know, like, 
you know, tap on the shoulder or nudging for you of like, oh, yeah, remember when that happened? And where am I now with that? So it's it's going back and being able to look at myself, where am I now with that and, and being able to appreciate, you know, what I know now as opposed to what I, you know, where I was in those circumstances. So again, I think it's, it's, it's kind of like peeling a, an onion, you know, you're going to have those different things that you can, you're ready to be able to look at it and peel it away and be able to go a little deeper and hopefully a little wider with yourself. So um, I think that's just part of, you know, being human that, um, thank goodness we all don't, we don't process it all at the same time. We probably couldn't, <laughs> couldn't be able to handle it. But um, through grace and having wonderful friends and having processes of writing and journaling and different things that you can do for yourself, you know, even coloring, I think, you know, they're finding more and more that these coloring, we did a whole episode on coloring and how, it, you know, they're finding that it, that really helps in grief um, situations with um, being able to process when you've got something going on, because it's something you can, you can control and make it beautiful and do whatever you want to do with it instead of having this situation where it was out of your hands. So I think that's part of it, too. And, and since we're talking about grief, um, we had episode 329 with Mickey Wade, where we were talking about grief recovery. And there's a there's definitely a component of forgiveness that comes with along with, um, you know, the different processes with grief. So anybody that's kind of working with that or something that, you know, it's like, yeah, maybe I need to look at that really encourage you to go back to that show. And we have contact information for even Mickey, if you want to go ahead and explore that a little bit. Amy, you want to talk about a little bit about that with Amy's actually done that whole um, the grief recovery. Um, well, I've done it and my husband has actually done it, too. And we both lost people that we love, and we you know lost jobs that we loved, and uh, lost things that we didn't love so much. And there's you know there's grief with all kinds of things and moving, and and so what I love about the grief recovery program it gives you a common language and tools that you can use over and over again. And I think you're a really good valid point, Robin, that um, even when you think you've worked something, um, when an anniversary or something similar comes up, it, it, it comes back to look at. And there's certain things that. Uh, I know that um, during certain anniversaries I'll be uh, need to look at that, and there's times in, with certain situations where it doesn't even affect me anymore. But what I say I love about the mm-hmm. grief recovery program is that it gives you common languaging and tools that you can use over and over again, and it is definitely a process. And I think for me, I know when I'm done with something because there's some things that I don't even think about anymore. That and I have wor- and I have done a lot of work, a lot of work. And what that does is that frees our opportunities for other things, maybe lesser things. I hate to say lesser or you know stronger, but friends come for, come up for me to you know to work on. Um, and it's a continual process, but it doesn't have to be gut wrenching. You know, it's just no, mm-hmm. right? And like I said, when the more tools and the and the more um, places that you can outreach, and you know, like I said, they're talking to people or have different things that you can actually you know f- that help you to. Helps you kind of be with something, you know, in in a healthy way. I think that really helps to have it be on that. So one thing I thought that was really interesting at the end of the chapter is we kind of get into the research a little bit, and they're finding that there's this uh, duality that happens between um, having it to where you can be um, looking to have revenge and then being being in a place where you can forgive, and they really kind of are toe to toe with each other. You know, it's like you've got this loop of of a revenge that happens, and then it moves back into forgiveness. Forgiveness. And so, you know, there's only, uh, they said forgiveness may actually be so common that we take it for granted. 
And I thought that was really interesting that, you know, it almost reminds me of like news reports and things like that. You know, it's just like, how come we always hear about the bad things, not necessarily the good things. But, you know, there's, there's that whole dynamic of, you know, I think that's one thing that's actually been good about the Internet. It's really helped us to be able to have a little more of a balance of what's going on with, the, you know, so many people sharing all the wonderful things that happen in their lives. We're actually being able to have that on a little more public way. And the other thing that I thought was really great was just talking about um, animals and how, you know, they've, they've, through all those different ob- observations with the animal kingdom, that, you know, they, they know that if uh, chimps have a fight, they kiss and make up. You know, they're going to hug and make, make, you know, make good with each other. And they've seen this same kind of behavior with sheeps and goats and hyenas and dolphins and things like that. And um, they've had some really wonderful um, things on PBS where they, I think it was in the episode where they call it Earth, where they actually make these little uh, audio electronic animals that are do the same behaviors as, as the regular animals. And they'll put them in those situation with cameras in them. And they're actually able to see more natural um, behaviors because it's not like these guys are sitting around taking pictures of the animals. They think they're just by themselves. So they're actually being able to see these different kinds of behaviors. And it's so one of the episodes I saw was these little um, temple monkeys that they had. And they had like a baby one that they had the camera and stuff in it. And for whatever reason, and part of the camera and stuff didn't work anymore. And so they thought that, they, that the baby had died. And they actually all gathered around and they held each other and cried. And it was just like if you'd gone to, you know, what we consider a human funeral. So it's very interesting. And they'd never seen that kind of behavior before with the animals. So, you know, it, it just makes us kind of, you know, we all want to think of like, oh, humans are the only ones who do things like that. I think God's really put us on the earth to have us uh, all be there to embrace each other and, and have it just be in a lovely way. So, and then uh, one thing, too, that I had mentioned to Amy that I think is really important, along with the research, you know, we've, we've talked about this before about different things that can happen on an emotional level when you've got some of this going on. And they're finding with people who have grudges and um, who aren't able to forgive that their blood pressure and heart rate actually increases, they begin to sweat, and then you've got people who are feeling sad and angry and intense and have less control than people that are willing to come from a level of forgiveness. So there's actually a lot of health benefits to being understanding that regular that, that um, forgiveness can be something that really helps us to turn around um, and, and be in a place of uh, more of a calming state for ourselves. And I think a part of it's just the, the fact that you can let go. And here we've done these great meditations lately that have really uh, been able to move into that. So um, anything else with the research, Amy, you want to go ahead and touch touch on? You know, I think that's pretty motivational. And, you know, I just want to say one thing as a a woman working with men, well, I think we can learn a lot from them in terms of that because when men have disputes at work, they tend to face them and then go have a beer. But when women have Mm. disputes, they go in their corners and they may never speak to each other again. So I think Mm. we need to learn a little bit from men at work, not that we're going to bury everything, but maybe not hold on Mm -hmm. to everything so tightly that we don't, it destroys our relationships. Uh, we know one thing too with this book, and just remind everybody that they have over thirty exercises at the back of this this last chapter. Is all these different ch- uh, exercises that both the Dalai Lama and um, Desmond Tutu uh, use on a personal level, and things that they share within their virtual groups of encouraging people to do these different practices, and they do some of them themselves. So the each one of these pillars actually has an exercise as well. So today's is called the the fourfold path of forgiveness and Amy's going to go ahead and walk us through it. Why don't you, um, uh, you're, you included Robin kind of be, you mm-hmm. know, be with something, 
you know, just really be with something. And you don't have to share any specifics. And uh, first off, he talks about telling our story. And it's, it's on, uh, in the exercises uh, starting on 334. So you can go back to that. So I want you to relax right now. And let's really go into this four-fold path process to, to help you with letting go of something, of forgiving something. So first off, we want to be, he said, all forgiveness begins with telling the truth. You can write down in a journal or tell a trusted friend what happened. Telling your story also allows you to integrate the memories in your consciousness and diffuse some of your emotional reactivity. So first what you want to do is let's take a nice deep breath and close your eyes. Go back to a time and a place of an emotional experience and see the scene in your mind's eye. Now take a few steps back. Move away from the situation to a point where you can watch the event unfold from a distance and see yourself in the event, the distant you. Watch the experience unfold as if it were happening to the distant you all over again. Observe the distant self. So now what we're going to do is we're going to name the hurt. As you watch the situation unfold around you and your distant self, Try understanding his or her feelings. Why did he or she have those feelings? What were the causes and reasons for the feelings? If the hurt is fresh, ask yourself, will this situation affect me in 10 years? If the hurt is old, ask yourself whether you want to continue to carry this pain or whether you want to free yourself from this pain and suffering. Now we're going to move into granting forgiveness. Can you accept the humanity of this person who hurt you and the fact that they likely hurt you out of their own suffering? If you can accept your shared humanity, then you can release your presumed that your presumption of right to revenge and can move towards healing rather than retaliation. You can also recognize that, especially between intimates, that there are multiple hurts, and often we need to forgive and ask for forgiveness at the same time, accepting our part in the human drama. And then the fourth part, renewing or releasing the relationship. Once you have forgiven, you must make the important decision of whether you want to renew the relationship or release it. If the trauma is significant, There is no going back to the relationship that you had before, but there is an opportunity for a new relationship. When we renew relationships, we can benefit from healing our family or community. When we release the relationship, we can move on, especially if we can truly wish the best for the person who harmed us and recognize that they, like us, simply want to avoid suffering and to be happy in their life. So being with that trauma that you had brought up, that hurt that you brought up, really be with, can I really forgive that person? And then if I can forgive that person, what do I want to do with the relationship? Do I want to renew it or release it? And you don't have to do either right now, but just be open to what would be in your next steps. All right, take a nice deep breath. So anything for you, Robin, going through that process? What I thought was interesting for me was um, I'm really glad that we had taken the time to talk about the different pillars on the mind level. 
because I really f- kind of watched myself go through from perspective to humility to humor to acceptance, which I think was really interesting having those as a the different things to step through and then being able to come from forgiveness and really, because ultimately, I, to me, it's about being able to forgive myself within that interaction of that person of what happened with this, with the circumstances. Because, you know, there's always like, I should have said this or I should have said that or, you know, you always kind of beat yourself up over the circumstances of, you know, how you handle things sometimes. Instead of being able to just accept what did happen and being able to, uh, you know, hold yourself in a place of, of, you know, being able to be light with yourself and laugh at yourself. Of It's like, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know what that was and being able to be light about it and yet being able to see the perspectives of, of everything, you know. Part of the realization for me too with these ex- experiences is, you know, when someone has hurt you, it's really coming from that level of kind of being in awe because, you know, to me, I, I had a realization that, you know, that person, the, the interactions and the experience that I had on that helped me to grow on a soul level. Mm-hmm. And if I had not had those things happen, I wouldn't be who I am now. And would I be willing to go through all of that again to know what I am and who I am now? And I would definitely say yes. So, you know, it's those things, those challenges that are hard to go through but yet they help us to expand in ways that we never would have allowed ourselves if we hadn't walked through that fire yeah so that's really kind of what came for me beautiful work yeah so um next week we're going to be talking about gratitude the pillar of gratitude and you know gratitude the attitude when it comes to all that good stuff and very grateful for Miss Amy and always thankful for, you know, my uh, Mr. Andrew. Andrew Masevati is our um, our post-production and does all their editing and, and just makes a wonderful uh, presentation for everybody at the transformation-cafe.com. So we'd love to have any of your comments, questions, and just let us know how you're enjoying the book, how you're enjoying going through these different pillars. And, you know, how how is this affecting you? And hopefully we're really hoping that it's helping you to and just uh, heal and being able to brace things that might be difficult in your life in just a way that um, can really help yourself and, and help all all that surround you with your with your love and being in the world. So, Miss Amy, as always, thank you for joining us here at the cafe. I would. I forgive you. Okay. Um, do you feel better? I do feel better. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> forgive you for trying to make me forget. All right, that's good. <laughs> and I, you know, want to tell everybody just love you and thanks for joining us always here at the cafe. We'll see you next time. We hope you enjoyed listening to the Transformation Cafe podcast. To learn more, visit transformation-cafe.com for show notes, guest information, and links to previous shows. You can also subscribe to the Transformation Cafe podcast on iTunes. Join us again next time at the Transformation Cafe, a fun place to nourish your soul.